Hi, and welcome back to C Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal of C Myers. And we're going to jump right in today. It's been a roller coaster of the last few days. I have Rob Johnson and Sally Myers here with me today as well, uh, two principals at C Myers Corporation, to talk about, I'll say, mainly the ramifications and impacts of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And uh, we're going to assume at this point, everyone's pretty familiar with what's actually happened. Our focus is more on where are you going to go from here? And so let's start with more of the, the immediate questions and concerns of where do you go from here? Sally, do you want to start this off and talk about some things that uh, institutions, organizations should remember? Uh, well, from a short term perspective, uh, avoid panicking as a leadership team at all costs. Number two is is get your arms around your first of all, your short term liquidity situation and then uh going forward your intermediate and longer term liquidity situation well you might be thinking what do you mean get your arms around it it's a nightmare out there because of what's going on um consumers are worried and so when consumers get worried they don't necessarily act rationally so some of the things to uh, think about one, and these are not in order of priority, but one is understand for your organization what your uninsured deposits are. How big of the piece of pie are your uninsured deposits? And if that's a big piece of pie and you're concerned about it, make sure that you're working with your team and, and the people that have the, the uh, customer contact as, pe as people call in, what are the ways, if it's if it's legal, it works for your organization, to be able to take those uninsured deposits, have them remain at your organization, and 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 change the structure so that they are insured deposits. Uh, another thing is make sure you are answering the phone, and because people get nervous, I say answering the phone, but making sure that you're. Your, your call centers are up to date, that your uh, team members that operate the call center know what they're talking about, that uh, your digital channels are also responsive. Because when banks are not responsive, then the consumer has the potential to panic, especially with all the news that's going on. I think one of the things I, I heard you say, you know, when we were talking before this is, Really, it's that messaging as to it's not just, oh, yes, we answered the phone and we told them to say we're safe, but it's really understanding the situation, their concerns and and then solutions. And so how do you help arm your team better? And that's where some fast business intelligence with messages and questioning can really help turn this into an opportunity to help calm the consumer down, which is a lot of this is getting calmer consumers and customers turn into helping to calm your team down and so working it from both directions as to you know not creating a problem and on top of that uh, with respect to calming the consumer and the uninsured deposits in the business intelligence each institution has to make the decision whether they respond to the customer coming to them or whether they're proactive and and only the institution and the leadership of the institution can make that decision but uh, you know when typically whenever there's a crisis it's a huge 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 opportunity to build trust
Right. And Sally, I want to touch on that because what you said on the uninsured deposits on reactive versus proactive, some of this will also come up as we as we move you know, past, I'll say, the immediate concerns that you're trying to address and get more into now. How do I step back and understand my liquidity maybe from a, an intermediate and longer term position? And the uninsured deposits is going to be a big piece of this. And then you're identifying some options for the uninsured deposits that would help with the liquidity situation. You know, in the immediate term, some other things to think about would be just in preparation, not to go ahead and pull the trigger on anything, but in preparation, go through and, and rates are changing pretty fast and start going through your assets and your investments and looking at what the market values are and make that list of levers that you would pull and prioritize and say, these ones, if the rates are right and we need the liquidity, we would go ahead and pull the trigger on this to create that liquidity that that we might need in that particular scenario. Yes, and making sure that you're meeting multiple times a day on that because rates are moving multiple times a day. And then if you do pull the trigger, uh, Rob, I'm thinking now would be a good time to talk about if you're pulling the trigger, making sure you understand the collateral that you actually have available. Absolutely, because, you know, part of what most places have is, you know, they're looking at their available lines of credit. You have investments that you pledged or that you had set aside the pledge for this and, and really looking at if they're on your list of what you're thinking of selling, then you got to make certain that if that were the case, that you don't accidentally double count that liquidity and view that you still have access to that same collateral. So there are a couple of things on the collateral is as you watch your contingencies of actions that you might take in that prioritization that Brian was referring to is looking from the perspective as to, well, how does that start changing our borrowing capacity? And also getting updated from your the third parties that you're looking to potentially borrow from um, how are they valuing things what is your access to liquidity because if there starts to become an increased systemic pressure that can materially reduce what they might be willing to lend to you and this is why it is you know very important to say well what do you have that's access to liquidity that you directly control and what are you relying on others for in their judgment yeah, and the the reliance on others uh, and their judgment is a big deal because as you do the analysis for your own situation, it's so important to stress test external forces. And we've said that forever. You know, stress test external forces, you have a lot less control uh, over things. And so making sure that you're stress testing some of the potential systemic risk that exist uh, as uh, other financial institutions may have liquidity pressure, it can make access to liquidity that you've become comfortable with not as accessible and or it can make it extremely, extremely expensive. And this is where it's important, I'll say, even what we're getting into for this immediate what's next, you know, what to be thinking through and for your analysis to really understand all the diversified sources of liquidity that you have. And so as you're stress testing, what might be some concerns about external forces, you know, lines of credit, access to funding, or even uninsured deposits, some of these other risks from your liquidity. Also, as you're stress testing those, then testing out different solutions mm -hmm. from the diversified sources of liquidity you have to say, do we have enough? 
are we, where are we on this and and where might we start to be uncomfortable where we have to pull on liquidity levers that we really don't want to but we know that are there or at least that we think are going to be there well and to add to what you're saying ryan is they're testing different solutions oftentimes uh, people get bogged down and here's the financial solution or or many financial solutions make sure you're bringing the customer and the the public relations aspect into the financial levers that you're pulling because that can have an unintended consequence you pull this great financial lever which could have an unintended consequence in the consumer um so it, so again can't say that enough and i'll say on that piece of it you know we're talking answer phones create trust for some financial institutions, you know, with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, one of the things that really sparked concern was the losses they took on the investments they sold. So for some financial institutions where that information may be more public, it is more of a concern if that's one of your levers that you might pull to address liquidity. How are you going to manage the reputation side of what could be a very smart liquidity move, but in the consumer's mind might indicate might indicate trouble? Well, and also maybe you maybe you're selling some investments. You don't make the news, uh, but a, a big organization in your neck of the woods makes the news, and they they're selling. And so then there's that that reputation risk from the financial services industry. So the in a nutshell, you know, stress test it, and then understand what you actually control versus what you have influence over. Yeah, as you're doing that stress test, there's a combination of then, you know, as, as being referred to the financial impact right now, but also longer term, what are your goals? Do not lose sight of your strategy and that that longer term reputation that you're looking for. So, you know, keep connecting those dots. It, you know, one of the things you don't want to do is come out of a, you know, what hopefully is a shorter term issue for certain places right now and then cause it to lose sight of the longer term objectives that you're still trying to accomplish. And so some of that is there's the access to liquidity, but it's also some of your assumptions as to at what rate you're going to have to pay and understanding some of the, the cost impacts of that, viewing that a lot of what's going to potentially be happening is even if treasuries and longer term treasuries head down, is that the competition for funds might heat up and you might start to see some who are desperate really starting to lead the charge on very high rates. And so putting, you know, play through some different scenarios as to what you might need to pay to make these different solutions happen. And so that that's where the diversification of the sources and also your assumptions on what you might have to pay and, and kind of look at that to then see, okay, what actions might we do in what situations to help connect to those conversations that are being referred to. Yes. And then there's also conversation around, and again, this is, um, we're not making any recommendations because every situation is unique, but looking at the lines of credit uh, that have been extended to the consumer, that's a lever that could be pulled, but you have to think about from a, everything's going to be from a PR perspective as well. Um, if this gets really heats up, you know, across many, many financial institutions, the other thing is loans in the pipeline. Each lever that you pull has a financial consequence, a, a human consequence, the consumer, and then potentially unintended consequences. 
I was going to dive into. You said some things uh, related that I wanted to touch on when you get into your analysis and making sure that that's all part of it. So you hit on some things of what we call on balance sheet liquidity. Mm-hmm. You know, really understanding what's on your balance sheet, then incorporating this is the external forces or the third parties that you might have to rely on. What are your available lines of credit? Definitely think about stress testing. What if those are cut mm-hmm. and cut pretty significantly? Uh, whether it's because of collateral or just the FHLB or whoever your uh, your funder is in that case, whoever you're borrowing from just decides that they don't want to extend that much credit. Then you hit on something, too, that I think is really important to add in. What are your unfunded commitments to your consumers, <clears throat> your customers, and understanding that as well? Because also at the same time, don't forget as this is happening, there's still inflation and there was already pressure from consumers spending more and so if they start tapping more of those unfunded commitments those lines of credit credit cards that you have that could also be compounding some of the liquidity pressure you might be feeling yeah i also think uh to to all these points here is brian's reminding us of where we are is do not become myopic on the uninsured deposits that is one piece that of course is headline Mm -hmm. right now but you you know it's it's looking at still where the growth was, what's happening to the consumer's experience right now, the interest rate risk and the competition for the fund. So the perfect storm, unfortunately, is not one thing going wrong. It's not just I have a high level of uninsured or, oh, you know what? I have a low level of uninsured deposits. I have nothing to worry about. Do not say that. Don't think about that. You know, you you might have a low level and say, I don't have to worry about that part, but I'm still going to have to worry about competition what's happening with the inflation what's happening on the consumers and how high rates are so looking at this is understand your exposures and really one of the tests to do is say how much withdrawal can we handle on our deposits regardless of the source how much can we handle what percent if there was a run whatever the reason because someone else did something and it might not have anything to do with us or because the market perceives something about us, how much could we handle? How would we handle it? And that can help you really walk through, understand those trade-offs, and can we sleep at night or not for a while? And maybe you can, and maybe you cannot, but understanding that situation can actually help pull the team together because then you can start allocating then who needs to do what um, so that we can make the most progress possible during this period of time. I know the definition for handle is different institution to institution, but going back to making sure that you really understand for the situation today, and then you're frequently seeking to understand uh, how much access you have to borrowings and then how fast you can get the money that you need. So dusting off those liquidity uh, uh, contingency funding plans and making sure that they actually work for today's environment is absolutely critical. Not only do they work for today's environment, are the scenarios still applicable for this mm-hmm. environment? That's And that, I know we're touching on that a lot, but to Rob's point, not being myopic on uninsured de- deposits, mm-hmm. but also not just assuming that the scenarios you created however long ago, are still relevant to what you might be facing now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think um, just as we talk about the consumers sometimes 
their panicking or their perception causing this run is you'll have to balance out for the sake of your organization and for the industry on, you know, because if all of a sudden everyone just decides, well, just in case, I better go out and do a huge grab for brokered CDs and borrowings just in case. <laughs> right. And if you don't need it, one, yeah. that can be expensive, but you could actually be hurting others in the industry that may need it. So really striking that balance. And that's why one thing you keep hearing here and we're going to keep saying is that understanding of your situation and you don't want to perpetuate a bigger problem either. And so juggling that on the benefit of your organization and you know those you're responsible to. And to add to that, we should all know by now that things change really fast. If you do end up going to third parties to get borrowings, for how long? You know, how long do you want those borrowings? And that's a things that you have to run out, scenarios that you have to run out um, because the world can change. So imagine if there's more, and who knows if this would happen, but there's more uh, bigger financial institutions where uh, there's more and more stress. People want to take their money out. Where's the money going to go? Where's the money going to go? It flowing to you. And all of a sudden you just borrowed a lot and then you have extra deposits come in. There could be a flight to safety. Sure. Absolutely. So lots to consider right now. Of course, Sally, as you said, this is a a very fluid situation and it's it's changing rapidly. So this is not a a one and done conversation. It's a one and when's the next time we're going to talk to keep reevaluating to make sure we're up to speed and and staying on top of what we need to when it comes to liquidity. I do want to just punctuate one thing when it comes to the analysis piece here. You know, we, we touched on this, but really evaluating your liquidity from three levels, on balance sheet, off balance sheet, or you can think third party sources of funding, and not to forget the unfunded commitments that you have to your customers and understanding how much coverage you have when it comes to those three levels of liquidity. And not just looking at that from a daily or weekly perspective, but over the longer term, looking over 12 months to understand where are you and how long might it take you to respond to some of these stressors or some of the stress testing that you have in terms of getting back to that level that you could quote unquote handle or feel like you're in a a good spot one thing we're we're not gonna we've spent most of the time you know focus on liquidity because that's that's the immediate the immediate issue and concern do have some thoughts and we're only going to take a minute here but we do have some thoughts on on the methodologies and the ALM models that may have contributed to this this issue. And I know, Rob, you've been thinking about this. Absolutely. And it's a piece is not to just rehash the past, but as you're trying to make decisions for today and going forward, you know, you don't want to just keep doing the same thing if it may not necessarily work. Say, are we within policy? We have a green light and then then don't take action, but rather If you think about it from an ALM perspective, an interest rate risk perspective, if you're relying on a static balance sheet for seeing what can happen, by definition, if it was static deposit balances for SVB, we would not be talking about them. And and so it's really understanding and looking at the pressure of deposits leaving. Don't just take your budget, a dynamic you know, forecast of what you think is going to happen. I think our deposit is going to grow X percent and then shock it and assume that that happens. If everything went according to that plan, we would not be having this conversation right now. So really, as you're looking at the interest rate risk side of things, 
um, really challenge some of your assumptions on how much are we testing deposit potentially exposure? How much are we testing or stressing what we might have to pay in different environments? And really work through as a team to understand those assumptions because they play a huge role in your safety right now and going forward. And what what we'll do too is we've written a lot about this and we've we've done other uh, C Myers lives on this. We'll go ahead and include some links to those in the show notes that you can go to them and and read them and brush up as it makes sense for you as you're of course focused in the next few days on on some of the uh, recent events. But appreciate your time today. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Otherwise, we hope you have a great day. Thank you.